0: Proverbs 18, uh, going to look at two verses, and am um, really excited today to talk about this. The tongue is the power of life and death. Everybody say, my words are powerful. Okay, look at this. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, now this is really weird, but look at the next verse. And he who finds a wife... <laughs> Look how, look how the Holy Spirit connects our words to marriage, finds a wife and receives favor from the Lord. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who eat uh, those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. I want to talk from the idea uh, this morning, healing words. healing words, healing words healing words. Lord, help us, I pray, in the name of Jesus to say what you want us to say so that we can see what you want us to see. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. amen and Amen. Thank you, bro. So there, there is power in your words, and um, I don't Really, again, know if you if you have totally embraced that in your own life, but it is so true, and it is very, very, very true in relationships. And we are in a relationship series, and I I do want to specifically talk about the the words and the attitude and the tone of your house and the tone of your marriage. Life and death is in our tongue, and we are eating. Those words. That's what Proverbs 18 just said, that you're gonna you're gonna eat what you say. So you are what you eat. <laughs> Amen. And you eat what you say. So in the same way that you can't hide a bad diet forever. Right? Everybody remember that when your metabolism just decided, nah, I'm done. You had your 20s. We're done. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, in the same way that you can't had a, uh, hide a bad diet forever, you can't, you can't escape a negative confession forever. Very good. That, that, you, that you're going to eat what you say. So I cannot have healthy relationships with unhealthy words. I cannot have life-giving relationships with words of death. The language of our homes will determine the health of our homes. The language of our homes will determine the health of our homes. Here's the reality. We will end up believing the words we hear the most. Now, catch this. The words you hear the most are your words. (laughs) because even if you're not saying it, you're thinking it and you're having Mm -hmm. self-talk. So we will end up believing the words we hear the most and the words we hear the most are our words. So words are affecting our emotions. Words are affecting our outlook. Words are affecting our thinking. Words are affecting our life's direction. Words are affecting our attitude and our enthusiasm. You cannot have a great life with words of death. So look what James says now about the tongue. So we just read from Proverbs, and now we're gonna read from what theologians call the Proverbs of the New Testament. By the way, we're gonna start a series on Proverbs after Easter. I'm really I mean, a series about James, excuse me, after Easter. Uh, does, is that still exciting? Everyone was like, oh, eh, James. Way to kill it, huh? Way for me to just destroy that. Uh, Oh, James, tests and trials and temptations. I'm going to go check out the crossing. Okay, James chapter 3, verse 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Notice that. That it's not the great strong winds that move a ship, it's a small rudder. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness. Thanks, James. Golly. I like the Apostle Paul better. He tells me I'm a new creation in Christ. tells me God will do exceedingly abundantly. James is like, your tongue is on fire with hell. Okay, so it's a little bit different. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Think about these words. James tells us that it's not the wind, but the rudder that moves our life. That it's not the wind, it's the rudder. That it's not the outward, but the inward, that it's not the circumstance, but our words that are moving our life. God created the world with his words, and he is still creating our world with his words. Words mean something to God, and words must mean something to us. So now, catch this, because now it's going to get more difficult, especially for the men. Here we go, fellas. I'm sorry. Words are powerful, but not all communication is verbal. You're like, bruh, I'm trying, man. <laughs> Words are powerful, but not all communication is verbal. Uh, fellas, don't be frustrated with me. This is actually, I'm helping you. Yes. Yes. No, it really is. Because you're going to get home from work, and your wife's going to go, how's it working? You're going to go, good. But if if you'll just, instead of going, if you'll just go, that's good, that's really good, she'll be like, wow, we communicated. <laughs> if you'll just look in her general vicinity, she'll be like, wow, feels feel so connected. <laughs> Communication includes tone, eye contact, body language, facial expressions, to this day, I have a six-year-old daughter. To this day, her number one request of me is not daddy, talk to me. It's daddy, look at me. She wants to do the communicating, amen. <laughs> but she, she wants the eye contact. She wants the facial expression. She wants She wants that communication. Okay. So now even more importantly... Then what is said, it's how our spouse hears it. Okay. Just understand this. You and your spouse speak a different language. I, I don't care how similar you are. I don't care how much you say you're soulmates. I don't care how much you say you're best friends. A man and a woman just different. You're just different right. and you're, got, you're just going to speak a different language. It just is what it is. You just, yes. you don't, you don't think the same. You don't feel the same. You don't process the same. Yes. Yes. So it isn't just to say to your spouse what makes sense to you. Good. You have to speak in a language that makes sense to them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Entering a marriage is like entering a foreign country. Now listen, if you want to move to Japan or you want to move to Mexico, you want to move to, to France, you can move there and not learn the language if you want to. And you can, you can find a few English speakers and you can try to get a, across with a couple of different words and some, some different gestures and, some, and, and just try to and point at things and, and, and do that. You could do that, or but you're going to be frustrated. Or you could go to that country and you could learn their language. Most couples never learn the language of their spouse. So both people are talking, but no one can hear what the other person is saying. No one can understand what the other person is saying. So you feel like you've communicated, but you haven't. Most people in the room feel like I have, I've, I've been clear with my wife or I've been clear with my husband. And you're going, I don't know why they don't get it. My husband asked if he could go golfing, and I said, yeah. And that obviously meant no. And I don't know how he didn't catch that. Come on, somebody. I rubbed my wife's back for three minutes. It was obvious that I wanted sex. I don't know why she didn't. I don't know why she didn't pick up the vibe. <laughs> Maybe she thought you were just being nice for just a, it was a miracle. My my point is it it's we think we're communicating but we're not speaking the language that they need to hear. Okay. So so here's what great marriages know. They know that I have to speak in the language of my spouse. This requires humility, patience and commitment. Like, it's just not going to be easy, but it can be learned. All right, here's here's three words that your spouse has to, three phrases that your spouse has to hear from you in their language. Here's the first one, I love you. You've got to somehow say that to your spouse in a way that they understand it. Husbands, this means, look at this, Ephesians 5.25, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. So now, I want you to catch this for every married couple, male and female, we have to love our spouse like Jesus loves us. This means that learning to love, expressing love, and receiving love, you must become a student of the life ministry and teachings of Jesus it will be very 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 difficult to ever understand love outside of Christ because Jesus is pure love in a human body Jesus is a pure manifestation of what love is Never forget this love is not God God is love And what is love first Corinthians 13:4 love is patient love is kind Love does not envy, love does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So I have to learn how to communicate that to the person that I love. Uh, Gary Chapman, who is a great author, he wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, amazing book. If you've never read it, you've got to read it. it. talks about these five different ways that most people receive love, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch. Some of you are sitting there going, oh, those are all mine. <laughs> you need counseling. <laughs> um, praise the Lord. <laughs> you need help. Um, you're usually going to have one that's very strong, and then, and then you'll kind of have a secondary one. So, so I, is that funny. So I have to, I have to learn how to communicate in a way that makes them feel loved. So you, you're gonna have to actually. And this, again, this is easier for a woman than for a man. I'm speaking in generalities, but in general, this will be harder for a man to communicate to his wife than a woman to communicate to her husband. But you have to literally be able to look at your spouse and go, "It makes me feel loved when." Hey, when you did that, that made me feel real loved. I don't know, I don't even know why. Hey, when you did that, that made me real, feel really loved. Man, when you, when you hold my hand, it makes me feel really loved. Well, that's probably because you have a physical touch. It's probably your love language. Honey, when you do the dishes, it just makes me feel really loved. Well, it's probably acts of service. When you put your phone down, you just kind of, we just are just kind of there. I feel really, well, that's. Because it's probably quality time. Does that make sense? So you have to be able to kind of recognize that and then communicate that to your spouse. Okay, now I want to talk about the mega need of a man and a woman. This is, again, in general. So it may not be true for your marriage. Um, for about 90% of married couples, uh, but let's put it up there real quick so you know what, it, what it's going to be, and then I'll explain it. Um, so it's not sex. It's not the mega need of a man. It's not sex. It's honor. You're like, what? Yeah. Now, sex is a big deal to guys. Uh, in marriage, 90% of marriages, the man is, would like sex more than the, the woman in 90%. And the 10%, so if you're like in the 10% in this uh, room right now where the, the woman wants sex more than the man, I just want to say to all those men, we hate you and... <laughs> <sighs> We want you to get hemorrhoids in your ears. Like, we want, like, we don't like you. We don't want to be your friend. We don't want you in our small group. We don't want, like, we don't want, we're not, we don't like you, okay? But so, <laughs> I get okay. but it, God. But it isn't, that's not a man's mega need. Man's mega need is honor. Okay? Okay. Um, Men want to hear things like thank you, like you can do this, you have what it takes, I, I trust you, you got this, you can lead us, I'm, I, I believe in you. Men, men have to hear that and feel that from their wife, they have to, they have to. Women's mega need is security. So what a woman needs to hear from her man is, it's only you, babe. You can trust me. I am responsible. There are no secrets. Walking with your spouse in a public place and a beautiful woman walks by, you go, what woman? I, didn't, I only have eyes for you, baby. I, I didn't see nothing. I only see you. I've got eyes for you. Security. A woman needs to feel secure. And when a man feels honor, he feels loved. How do, I, how do I say, I love you to my husband? Honor him. Good, good. How do I say, I love you to my wife? Make her feel secure. Yes. When, when a, and, and then by the way, when the woman feels secure and the man feels honored, sex will just happen. Yes. So that will just kind of take care of itself. And when a woman doesn't feel secure and a man doesn't feel honored, that's when things will get cold really quick. So I have to learn how to communicate to my spouse, I love you. All right, here's number two. (laughs) I feel like I need to say this now. I'm sorry. (laughs) You you have to learn how to communicate to your spouse, I'm sorry. Uh, Experts tell us that like when you have a toddler and and your toddler does something uh, bad, you don't tell them to say sorry. So your little three-year-old walks up to another three-year-old and punches them. You don't grab little Johnny and go, say you're sorry. You don't do that because they don't understand what just happened. They don't get it yet. So you don't want to just teach them to, like, just say a phrase. You, you want to help them to understand, hey, that, that hurt little Billy when you punched him, you know. <laughs> that hurt little Sarah when you pushed her. That, so you, you're, trying to, you're trying to get them to understand what happened. You, you're not trying to teach them a phrase. You're trying to teach them some empathy and some compassion. You have to understand that, that, that you're, you're trying to get them to understand. Um, in the same way in marriage, I think a lot of times we'll just say sorry. But our spouse didn't feel repentance from you. Right. So it's like, well, I said it. <laughs> well, I said I'm sorry. Yeah, but you, you have to be able to communicate that in a way where they feel... Like you care. Um, So I'm not, catch this, I'm not apologizing to defend or explain myself. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm sorry, but. Hey, I'm sorry, but it's been really tough at work. Hey, I'm sorry, but it's been but it's been crazy at the house. Hey, I'm sorry, but it, the moment you put a but after that, sorry, you just lost the moment. I'm sorry, but I'm really stressed out. Well, I'm sorry, but I got a lot on my plate. You you have to learn to apologize without defense or explanation. Now, what you oh let there be light. Okay, uh, what you what you might do is after things cool off, you can explain what you're going through, right? But in the moment, own it. it. Everybody say, own it. Uh. Okay, okay, here's another one. I'm not apologizing to get your forgiveness. Well, you need to forgive me. Well, you know, Jaden preached about forgiveness. You need to forgive me. Oh, yeah, that's going to work really good. That's going (laughs) to... You never look at your spouse and go, "Well, the Bible says forgive." You need to forgive. That's not gonna. That's not gonna work. Uh, remember, remember, you're not the Holy Spirit. Okay, only only God can do that. I'm not. I'm not apologizing to get something from you. I'm apologizing because what I did was wrong. And I need to own what I did. Not apologize so that you can comfort me. Okay. I am apologizing because I'm wrong, because I love you, and to validate your pain, and I want to heal this relationship, and I don't take your pain lightly... So I'm owning it. Look what James chapter one verse 19 says. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, quick to listen. Most of us listen to our spouse so that we can gain information so that we can respond. That's not listening. I'm not, I'm not listening to Shannon so that I can create my argument back. Very good. Well, you said that, but... Well, yeah, that might be true, but what about... You just lost the whole moment. Yeah. The, the point of an argument, the point of confrontation, and it will happen, is not to win. Good. Right. It's to heal. Yes. 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 It good. It's good. We might have to go to war, but it's for peace. Not so that I win, not so that I take over the country. Not so that I become king or king or she becomes queen. I want peace. I want healing. I want I want to get better. I want to move forward. So we we might have to we might have to throw down right now. But the point is not to win. The, the point is to I I I want a future. Amen, everybody. Say amen. So I'm quick to listen. And I'm slow to speak. I'm not just speaking from my emotions. I'm not just speaking from my feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of hearing what you have to say. And my heart is tender towards you. And if I don't have anything good to say, I'm not going to say anything yet. Because I, I don't want to speak out of anger and, and only wound the moment more. Now, let me say this. You can't ask for an apology. We're talking about I'm sorry. You, you can't ask your spouse for an apology. Absolutely. Okay? Christians don't have to be doormats that just, in, in the name of Jesus, deal with a bad marriage. You don't have to do that. You can ask your spouse for an apology. But let me just remind you of this. Avoid these two words, always and never. Very good. So when you're asking your spouse for an apology, you don't go, you always, because yeah, it's actually not true. They don't always. Well, you never. Well, that's not true. They, they don't never. Sometimes they do. So it's not always and never. You, you, if The moment you say that, see, anytime you bring a lie into an argument, the, the, what I want to do with that is I want to correct it. And now I'm no longer hearing what you have to say. I'm only hearing the lie. Because I'm human too. And now I want to defend the moment. So never bring lies into the moment. So don't say you always or you never say this happened and I'm hurt. I'm not even justifying my hurt. I'm just telling you how I feel. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I can't even perfectly justify what I feel, but this is what I feel. You didn't make me feel this way, but I feel this way. Yeah, good. And you ask for an apology for that thing, not for everything. Yeah. Seventeen years ago, you said, and I never. No, your <laughs> statute of limitations. We can't go back that far. So I avoid phrases like "always do," "you never do," "you always say," "you never say." I avoid that. Experts tell us that the louder, angrier and more demonstrative you go, the more defensive your spouse becomes. Yes. Maybe if I yell. <laughs> they'll hear me. It won't. Maybe if I wave my hands, they're going to no. Maybe if I just keep saying it. No. So so you have to learn to just say what you need to say and then trust God. So, so these, are, these are hard things, but, but hear me now. You have to learn how to be vulnerable. I'm, I'm hurting. And, fellas, especially for you, it's hard, to, it's hard to look at your wife and go, you hurt me. But you got to be vulnerable. Be specific. So don't throw big generalities out. Go, this happened. Be humble. And then trust God. Only God can change someone. And I love what Pastor Jimmy Evans says. The Holy Spirit is the enforcer. If you try to be the enforcer in the marriage, and if you try to enforce the morality of your marriage, you're going to be in trouble. Yes. And what I mean by that is if you try to enforce them having that attitude or them saying sorry. Or the, if, if, if you try to, you have to trust the Spirit of God to be the enforcer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Lastly, you have to learn how to say this to your spouse. I celebrate you. I celebrate you. Do not leave celebration up to other people. Very good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's good. I'm just going to be honest with you. You don't celebrate your spouse. You're you're going down a good. you're going down the wrong road yeah. because you've opened the door for other people to celebrate your spouse. It doesn't that never justifies adultery, it never justifies unfaithfulness, it never and it doesn't mean that if you celebrate your spouse, it doesn't mean they still can't do something dumb and wrong and sinful. That's not what I'm saying, but what I but I'm saying in most cases you you have to take responsibility for celebrating your spouse. That your spouse hears, wow, you're awesome. I'm proud of you, you're amazing. And, and ladies, let me, let me say this, almost every man has a father wound. And this, this may be unfair, but most men need to hear from you what we didn't hear from our dad. And I'm not saying that's fair but I'm saying we have to hear it from somebody. Yeah, very good. And we're not going to hear it from our buddies because we're making fun of each other. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey, man, praise the Lord. We're teasing each other. You're going to have to hear it from somebody. And we and, and most men, because we have a father, when we have to hear it from somebody, and, and yes, it is absolutely our responsibility to go hear that from God, of course. I'm not, I'm not, but I'm just, I'm letting you in on something. I'm letting you in on, maybe you've never heard this before. I have to hear these words. I, for most of us, we didn't hear it from our dads. So you're, you married a 30-year-old that still has a 10-year-old soul. It's just true. Shannon married a 22-year-old that, that had the emotions of a 9-year-old. Because I didn't hear I'm proud of you. I didn't hear that stuff. I didn't get that. So is that unfair? 100%. But she said I do. (laughs) 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 So now I need that. I still need it. I don't care what any of you say about my preaching today. I want to do, was it, did I do okay? (laughs) We're going to be at lunch today. I'm going to go, so what? (laughs) What would you think? and i'm just 8 i'm 8 and i just hit the baseball and i'm just like dad where's dad is dad so so thank you for the instagram shout out and thank you for the quote and all of that means a lot to me and i always try to repost cuz it really means a lot to me but i want to hear it from one person and really i want to hear it from dad but i didn't but dad didn't say it so i got to hear it from her You just got to, you, ladies, you have to get at peace with that. I feel like my husband's so insecure. I just feel like he's so needy. He is. (laughs) We are. (laughs) What about the women, Pastor? I'll get there in a second, but I am a guy, so let me just talk. I just want you to understand. And then we're terrible at saying what I'm saying right now. Because there there are ladies in the room right now like, you have compassion for me. Don't look at me. Look at your hubby. You're like, oh, Pastor James, is so in touch. No. Grab your husband right now and go, I'm so proud of you, baby. You're so good, baby. I love you so much. You're working out, baby. Just, he needs to hear that. I'm just being vulnerable for him. Because he's sitting there like. Pff, 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 pff. we got to hear it. Ephesians 4.29, watch the way you talk. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Man, check out these next four words. Get this in your home, get this in your kids, get this in each word a gift. Each word a gift. Each word a gift. Every great marriage has a positive tone. Every great marriage has a positive tone. What is the tone of your marriage? Is it sarcastic? Is it cold? Is it doubtful? Is it mean? Is it teasing? Is it accusatory? Is it silent? Every great marriage has a positive tone. Great marriages choose the tone in every area. It's it's the music you play in the house. It's it's bringing the family around. It's just, it's in every area you're setting a tone. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bone. Look at the next one. Kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. Paul, Paul told the, the, the men of God in Ephesians 5 to wash their wife in the water of the word. Water. Men, how, how do you talk to your wives? Are, are your words like Water refreshing are are they are they bringing life are they are they bringing hope are they are they washing your wife so so the man needs this honor but the woman needs security and again you secure your wife first and foremost with words of life I got you I love you I'm here I'm committed I'm all in your, your, your wife has to, well, I pay the bills. She's got to hear it. She's got to hear it. Well I, well, I take care of the family. I know, but she's got to hear it. Well, I bought a gun to protect the family. That's cool, but she's got to hear it. Does that make sense? It's not just. She, in the home, she doesn't need you to be a tough guy. In the home, she needs Words that are like water. Okay, I'm almost done. We have the team come up. It's 10 o'clock. I'm doing all right. I got 10 minutes. Everybody relax. <sighs> now, now, when I say this, I'm talking about I celebrate you. I'm not saying you cannot confront your spouse. Please hear me. But don't let confrontation turn into a critical spirit. Confront specifically but don't criticize generally. In the book, One Thing You Need to Know by Marcus Buckingham. Buckingham shares a study about how happily married couples who have been married for more than 20 years. Can I see? uh, Have you been married more than 20 years? Can I see your hand? Look at all these. Nine o'clock. Let's go. We're catching up. We're at 16. 17 in August. We're getting there. The research research was actually done over a 20-year period trying to find out why are they still happily married. Like not why are they married after 20 years, but how why do they still like each other? Why are they still happy? The researchers assumed, hear this, that the couples had lowered their expectations of their spouse over time. Just kind of went, well. <laughs> <laughs> Catch this they found the exact opposite. These couples had done different interviews and tests where they rated themselves and their spouse. In every case with the happy couples, they rated their spouse more positively than the spouse did. So if the woman said, yeah, I think I'm a seven in that area, the man was like, oh, no, she's an eight. And if the man said, oh, yeah, you know, I think I'm a five in that. She said, oh, no, he's a seven, he's a six, whatever it was. They, they were actually rating themselves higher. This led the research team to declare, love is blind. <laughs> this positive view led to, here's how they described it, an upward spiral of love. Many of you right now are in a downward spiral. But watch that. You can be in an upward spiral. This encouraged them to encourage couples to do this. Here's what they told couples to do. And I really want you to catch this. Create the most generous explanation of your spouse. And then choose to believe it. Create the most generous explanation of your spouse and then choose to believe it. How do you talk about your spouse when they're not around? I'm just telling you right now, you cannot complain about your wife, sir, all week, at work, with your friends, and come home and think you're gonna have tenderness towards her. Ladies, you cannot bash your husband to your oh, it's just, you know we're just girls, we're just we just girls, we just. You can't bash your husband to your girlfriends all week, and then come home and think you're gonna have tenderness towards him. Am I not saying you can't be real with someone? Am I not saying you can't talk about real issues? Of course you can, but if 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 the explanation of your spouse is not generous you're going to resent your spouse you you got to guard your words about your spouse not only to them but when they're not around because you'll talk yourself into a frenzy and then you see them and they're like hi babe and you're mad they're like what did I do and you're like I'm mad at you because of what I said about you Which this girl was talking. I was just talking to my homie. No, man, no, bro. You got to be very careful. Okay, one more time. Create the most generous explanation of your spouse and then choose to believe it. And you watch an upward spiral of love. I want to pray for all the married couples. If you are married, can you stand on your feet real quick? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you're not married, you're going to be my you're going to be my prayer warriors here in a second. Okay. If if your spouse is here, catch their hand. If they're not, that's all right. I pray for you now in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit would give you healing words. I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you about what you can do. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to your spouse about what they can do. I pray for the blessing of God upon your home. I pray for the blessing of God upon your family. And I come against the lies and the attack of the enemy over your marriage. And I declare in Jesus' name, today's the day of new beginnings. Today's the day of healing. Today is the day when the language of your marriage changes forever. Healing, I speak healing words over every relationship. I speak healing words over every man. I speak healing words over every woman. I speak healing words over every family. And I declare God is doing a new thing in every relationship. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen.